Um, like I said before, my name is Dan. Uh, I'm part of the staff here at, at E3, uh, and, and I, I get the really um, humbling opportunity to, to share with you and, and try and facilitate us approaching uh, the table of, of communion and remembering God uh, and Jesus' sacrifice for us. So uh, bear with me, because <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of weighty. Um, I really, really hope that you guys have, have taken hold of, of what we've been trying to, to get across in this Pathways series. Um, you know, we've been focusing on the, what Jesus called the two greatest commandments in all of Scripture. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty important statement. And uh, he said it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, uh, and that's, that's, really, um, that's really hard to encapsulate in six weeks. You know, it's, it's hard to, to communicate that in a, in a really effective and complete way in, in just a month and a half. And, uh, and, and we did, you know, we, we shared some really specific ways that, that you can experience that with heart. We talked about, you know, reconciling relationships and, and loving people, um, too, as, as loving God. And we talked with mind about uh, the, the necessity or, or the benefits of, of reading uh, instead of watching TV necessarily. And uh, with soul, we talked about spiritual disciplines and with, with, uh, with strength. We talked about taking care of your body and how that uh, enables you to do more uh, than, than an unfit body, I, I guess, and uh, as loving your others as yourself. Uh, you know, I hope you guys had the opportunity yesterday. I hope you took advantage of it, of being part of the Frenchtown service project that we had yesterday. I heard it was really, really good. If you missed out, don't worry. There will be more things for you to do, uh, even outside of our planning. Um, but this, the examples and the, and the things that, that we kind of had and, and, and showed you guys, like I said, you know, it, it's not, we don't, we don't present, you know, do these, these things that we showed in these five or, or six weeks and, and you'll be all okay. Because they're, they're pretty, like, we try to be very practical. You know, like there, there are things that you can do that help you to experience or, or live out loving God in, in these ways and loving your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, and they're not in and of themselves the point, I, I guess. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely a part of it, but there's, there's kind of this, this really spiritual element to it that, that separates what we're doing and what we're teaching from, from a simple self-help book or, or something like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, you know you, the owner's manual, or whatever. I haven't read that, so I'm not, I'm not knocking it or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it, we, can, we can say the words, I love you. We can, we can talk about the affections we feel for something. Uh, we, can, we can go dish out food at uh, a service project for, for our neighbors. Uh, we, can, we can read and understand and, and think we have answers to difficult questions or to spiritual matters. And, and we can do all of that without God. Uh, we can do all of that in a very me sense, in a very um, just fleshly sense, I guess. And, and today is, is specifically, I hope, a time where we can take the, the practical things and, and realize the spiritual side of it all. Realize that, that God has not simply called us to, to live in right relationship with him and with others, or, or to be uh, people who can have an answer for the hope that, that we hold on to, and, and we're not you know, just people who read or, or whatever, um, but that we're people who 
have a purpose in what we do beyond our life here today. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the frame that I want to use today and tonight uh, for, for this experience of remembering what, what Jesus has done for us. The things that, um, the things that we've been sharing through this, through this series, you know, they're, they're good in and of themselves, sure. Uh, I, I definitely believe that uh, what, what God tells us to do is for our benefit as much as it is for his. Uh, you know, taking care of your body obviously has very, uh, you know, physical ramifications that, that are positive. But uh, that's not the end of it. And, and the, the spiritual side of it and all of those things kind of help us get to what uh, Jesus called uh, the rich and satisfying life uh, in John 10.10. 10, Jesus, Jesus says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And, and that's not found simply in this world here, but, but in uh, starting at, at our passing and into this uh, uh, unimaginable and unfathomable eternity uh, with God. Uh, so there's, there's so much more to it. It's, it's about uh, you know, our relationship with God as much as it is what we do here on this earth. Uh, there's this holistic pursuit of God that leads, uh, that is the path to the rich and satisfying life that God has called us to. Um, and it's, it's hard. I don't, I don't know if you guys experience this, but you know, we, we handed out those, those devotional books and there's 42 different devotions. Like, you know, they're numbered by the day and if you skip one, you feel really bad and you gotta read two. And you guys, I don't know if you guys experience this. I had a lot of catch-up days personally. Uh, and I know that's, that's not a good thing for me to be saying because I have a microphone, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's true. I, I struggle. I've struggled almost since the inception of, of my following after Christ. I've, I've really struggled with, with what it means to spend time with God on purpose and to spend time with God on a regular basis. I struggle with that a lot. I struggle with, with finding with putting myself in a closet and closing the door and praying to God. You know, I, I struggle with, with t- waking up those extra 20 minutes early or, or staying awake those extra 20 minutes late in order to read what, what God wants me to know about his kingdom uh, in the Bible. And, and I, I fail a lot in that, um, you know, just because I, I have some sort of position here doesn't make me immune to the struggles of, of following hard after God. Um, and, and I, think, I think a lot of you feel the same way. Um, I, I'm not sure, because I'm not you, but I, I feel that that's true, or at least I hope so for my sanity's sake. Um, and it's, it wasn't meant to be hard. You know, our, our relationship with God was, was meant to be very natural. I mean, we, if you look back with what Adam and Eve were experiencing in, in the Garden of Eden at this inception of creation, uh, Adam and Eve could walk freely, you know, even naked around with God. They just walked with God in this awesome garden, and everything was easy, and everything was just there. And it's like, hey, God, what's going on? And he was just right there, and it was good. Um, but because we live in this broken and fallen world, and because we are broken and fallen people, there's that part of us that we have to kill every day. There's, there's that, that me that I have to hang on a cross and, and crucify as I, as I follow after what God has called me to do and who God has called me to be. And, and I, I miss it a lot. I, I miss the opportunity I have at the beginning of my day before I start making decisions to decide to live for Christ. Um, 
And, and that's the pathway behind pathways shift. That, um, you know, it's, it's not a simple pathway of, of you know, you, you do these five or six practical things that we talked about over these couple of weeks, and, and then you're there. You finish your finish line, you're good, you're all done. But, but instead, we have a race that we run and, and training that, that we have to go through, uh, a beating of, of our bodies into submission where we can follow hard after Christ, even though everything that has been birthed within us because of our sinful natures cries out against following the God that created us and loves us and has a purpose for us and wants so badly to be involved in our lives in, a, in, a, in an inviting way. We, we miss it, and I, I miss it a lot. <laughs> Because it's hard, because there's, there's, that, there's that gap between the way things should be, which is easy. We recognize how good and, and pleasing God's presence is, and we follow hard after it with joy. That's, that's the should, and then there's this gap between the way things are and, and the difficulty of, of communing with God and, and having to put ourselves down on the floor and, and, and saying, it's not about me, but I need help because I'm helpless. And I need, I need you because I'm not enough. And I never will be. And Paul says it like, like this in, in a letter to a church in Corinth. He says uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, he says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal Prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Another translation says, I'm not like a boxer who misses his punches. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And Paul says that I really like the Olympics. I like watching the Olympics. I think they're really fun. I know this is a really abrupt transition, but I promise it makes sense. Uh, I, I, really, I really, really like the Olympics. It's, it's fun. It's competitive. I'm all like, go America or whatever, because I'm you know, ethnocentric or whatever. Uh, but but it's, it's really fascinating and, and sometimes really devastating to see these 14 to 16-year-old gymnasts who have been working practically their entire lives for this one opportunity they have for a 90-second gymnastics routine where if they miss one step, they lost it. And, and all of that training and all of that hard work is for nothing. And they miss it for, for just one missed step, one mi- missed flip or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's all gone. Everything that they've worked so hard for is, is gone. And they work so hard for it. And, and, and Paul is saying here, God is saying here through Paul to the church in Corinth, and, and I think therefore to us as a church, as people who are following after Christ, we don't work that hard. We don't. And, and, and that is missing it. We're missing what God has for us. We have an eternal prize. They do it, you know, you work 14, 16 years and, and, and you miss one step and, and you get nothing or you get it all perfectly and then you get this little gold thing that when you're dead means nothing. 
And we don't, we don't even work it. It's hard as people who are chasing after something that's so temporary and, and that they can't take with us. But, in, but, but we have this God who has called us to, to seek after him and to take purpose and every step in moving closer to what God has called us to be and, and what God has called us to do while we're here on this earth. Like Eric said, it's not just we huddle together in a church and we say, okay, we're ready, Jesus. You know, we don't, we don't do that. We have a life to live. We have, we have a starting point, which is right now. And it wasn't yesterday, and we may not have one tomorrow. I don't want to get into all of that. But we have a starting point that's right now. And where, where are we pointing? What path are, are we walking towards? Are we walking on a path that's making us, that's helping us to make decisions and help us to help make ourselves into a person that when we get to the finish line, when we get to the face of God, when we get to God's eternal presence in heaven and in a resurrection, that we're not going to be bored by singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come for all of eternity. That's one sentence. I get bored singing a song twice. Like, and that's one sentence that we say about how good God is and we say it for eternity. I think, I think we, we miss it a lot. And that's, that's why we take, you know, six weeks. You know, we take a, a more than 10% of, of our teaching schedule and we say we're, we're hunkering down, we're, 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 we're focusing in, we're saying this is the pathway. The pathway is loving God with everything you are. The pathway is loving others as Christ has shown you love. And, and we need to move forward. And we need to work hard, even though it's hard. This, this is the point. And, and we miss it. We, we miss it because we think, oh, I, I can make these decisions. I can, I can take care of my body and, and I can, you know, have good friendships or relationships. You know, I can make sure that no one's mad at me. And, and, and then, you know, even if there's no God or whatever, at least I lived a good life, you know, or whatever. At least I had morals. And, and, and in this same letter, Paul completely contradicts that. And he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, it says, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. If we're pouring ourselves into God with everything we have, if that's where all of our energy and effort goes and there is no God, we've wasted our lives. We don't even get the first part down though. God is real. God is alive and changing lives. I know he's changed mine. And I'm, I don't strive like I should, like, like in, in a way that shows what he's done for me. And that's, that's what this experience has been in Pathways, and, and that's what this experience is in Communion, because when... When, when you watch those marathons on, on TV or they make fun of it in sitcoms or whatever, you know, there's always that, like, guy with the water cup, you know, hanging out. And it's like, oh, here, take the water. And, you know, go on, yeah, whatever. And you're the cheerleader, whatever. And that's, communion is like that refreshing water when, when you're parched, running with purpose in every step towards the face of God. Communion is that time to, to refresh yourselves and to remember for whom and why we strive so hard. There is a, uh, communion is important, you know, it's, it's one, of, one of, of two sacraments, two sacred acts of communion and, and water baptism that, that the, uh, the global Christian church identifies. Uh, but, and it's important. It's important to refresh our memories, but, but it's not the most important. The, the really, uh, really traditional way of, of framing communion is to read out of 1 Corinthians uh, 11, I think it is, and, it says, and Paul says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. And then he goes into, you know, the cup and the bread and whatever. 
But he says a couple chapters later in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8, he says, I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. So there's the same language there, except, except there's a different. This is what's most important. So you're ready for this. This is what's most important, according to Paul. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Just a footnote. Uh, then he was seen by James and later by the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. So he says, yeah, there's this thing that Jesus gave me that I, that I need to pass on to you. And it's, it's this communion thing that, that what you're doing in communion, you're not getting it right. Uh, and, and, and so that's important. That's good. That, like, you need to get this right. Absolutely. But there's something more important, and that's the reality of what Christ has done. That's the reality that Christ has died for us. He was buried. He has risen again. And that we have a resurrection power available to us through Christ from God that we can live this life. We can run this race. We can move along the pathway to the face of God with strength and power and with understanding about what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be and not for just today. Today is good. Today is great. We have other people to serve. We have things in ourselves that we can work out and that we can get excited about. But, but there's more there's more. There's an eternity. I'm sorry I'm getting really excited, but I'm not sorry, but it, I'm sorry if it's freaking you out. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just, like, there's, there's so much more, and, and we, like, we miss it, and I'm getting excited about it because I need to hear this because I miss it so much. I falter in my steps. I miss my punches. I sit and cry with the scrapes and the bruises that I have when I mess up, and I fall down, and I don't know what to do, and, and then Jesus comes along, and he can lift me up, and he can heal my wounds, and he can get me going again. And that's right now. That is communion. That is remembering that Christ's blood has been spilt for us. His body has been broken for us. And this is invigorating. Because even though we've fallen, even though we can't get ourselves up off the ground, Jesus is there. Everything else pales in comparison to Christ. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. That examination is really, really important, and it's not, it's not meant for you to, to look at your scars and, and look at how you failed and, and the, the position that you're sitting in right now or, or, or whatever and feel guilt and just say, I suck. That's not, that's not the point. The point is for you to realize that, that you have missed it. It's supposed to be humbling. It's supposed to be a I don't get it right moment. And to say, and to, to take that and from that rejoice 
and celebrate of what God has done so that I don't have to stay there anymore. So Eric's going to come up, and he's going to play uh, a song or so. And, and this, side, this, this time is simply for you to reflect. Uh, we, we absolutely don't want to do anything or facilitate anyone's rushing to the table. We want uh, to make sure that you have the opportunity to, to take time and, and reflect um, on, on where you are on that path, on, on whether or not you're on the right path, on, on what you need to do uh, to run with purpose in each step along your path towards God. So take the time, stay seated, you know, don't look around or anything. This is about, this is a you and, and Jesus moment. This is a you and God time for you to, um, to see what God's calling you to and to decide that you're going to run hard after it and, and that Jesus is going to be there for you too. He's going to be running with you. He's already run this race. He's already come to the finish line. He's already experienced this resurrection that we uh, anticipate and, and hope for. And he still runs with us every step of the way. Take this time. I'll, I'll come back um, in just a minute or so and uh, open up the tables for you guys to, to celebrate and remember. Wow.